It's a podcast movement evolutions recap episode. And that's what we're talking about in this week's episode of Sounds Profitable Ad Tech Applied with me, Brian Barletta. And me, Arielle Nissenblatt. Thanks to this month's sponsor, Claritas. As a third-party provider, Claritas's white glove service offers the science and proven methodology for accurate, transparent, and scalable podcast campaign measurement. Find out more at claritas.com. Special thanks to our sponsors for making Sounds Profitable possible. Check them out by going to soundsprofitable.com and clicking on their logos in any of the articles. Brian, we're back. It's been a while since we have recorded an episode. How have you been? I'm I'm good. I learned something. You can sit so long that your shoulders hurt. And I'm uh, oh. I'm experiencing that right now. Yeah. Oh, very That's good. That's been fun. <laughs> right. What's your self-care plan? I've started on the Peloton again, uh, which is very nice, good. which is my my bougie exercise of choice. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, everything's great though. Like podcast movement was fantastic. It was, uh, I think I was in nonstop meetings from Tuesday to Saturday oh God, with three on Sunday, <laughs> which was awesome because me and you got to hang out a bunch too, or pass each other in the hallways and share notes real quick. And then was at Disneyland with the family the week after, which yeah. was a blast. You were there for a full week, Disneyland? Yeah, yeah. I was there. We got there. Family arrived Sunday night. And then we spent Monday through Thursday there Wow, with my two kids, three and a half and eight months old. And it was it was really fun. So I haven't been to Disney in a long time. Did you go on rides? Was it busy? Maybe this isn't important for Sounds Profitable. Who knows? Maybe it is. Ah, Maybe who cares? It's sponsor. fun. Lauren, you never know. <laughs> Lauren talks about her Disney cruise obsession all the time. We can That's talk true. about this. Lauren Fassell, shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. Disney so much. And Disneyland's my favorite because it's smaller. It's easier to get around. Uh, we went on a bunch of rides. But for me, honestly, I took my youngest eight months. And so there were more rides that he couldn't go on than he could. And I just liked walking around with him, right? Like I liked showing him the characters and, you know, getting snacks and and just really like exploring the space with him. And he had a blast. And my oldest Good. loved it. We probably went on the Spider-Man ride about eight times. But yeah, it was it was very cool. We, we I don't think we held back on much. And I think, you know, it was it felt a lot safer than I thought it would be. Oh, wow. Good. Love to hear that. I just got back from LA yesterday. I've been, I, after podcast movement, I stayed for two weeks, saw friends, family. It was a blast. LA rocks. What a great city. <laughs> I think it's got a lot of cool aspects to it, but I don't think I could live there. More power to everybody who can, but um, <laughs> there are so many cool people there. I think that podcast movement being held in LA was really interesting. I wonder what a podcast movement in New York would be like outside of mm. no room to like interact and socialize. Or tiny hotel rooms. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would bum me out a little bit. But I think that by being in LA, there were just so many people there that wouldn't come to like the Dallas one or might not come to Vegas next right. year. And uh, it was really cool. There were just a bunch of people who just stopped by the lobby to say hi even. Yeah, I thought it was a great time. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We are going to be doing a recap of Podcast Movement Evolutions, which took place last month because this is April now. Uh, it was March 23rd to 26th. So, Brian, for folks who don't know, what is Podcast Movement? It is, I think, the biggest podcast convention with two events, Podcast Movement Evolutions in March and Podcast Movement, the, the proper one in August. Yeah, it's the biggest podcast convention, and it's the one that I think the industry has really tied itself the most to on the business side, like relevant to the Sounds Profitable listener with the Evolutions event. And hopefully in August, there'll be an industry track as well, because I think I think there's a lot 
of desire for that. I think there's a lot of room for a true traditional industry event, but creators of all sizes can find benefit of there. I mean, half the panels that you spoke on or people that we both know were up there giving advice that helps anyone from NPR to, you know, Joe Podcaster. That's good. I like that. It was a killer experience. Right. We used to say Joe Rogan to Joe Podcaster, but we don't say we don't want to say his name anymore. And it was awesome. It was there were so many great people there. But the conversations I had ranged from we just got started and I'm doing a super niche podcast. Could I get your advice to let's talk? You know, we've been a sponsor of yours for two years and we haven't met in person. And so the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think podcast movement covers all levels of podcaster. And I don't think it makes anyone feel left out. And it's really exciting. I haven't been to any other specific podcast conferences, but I've seen their lineup of presentations. And I've talked to sponsors that are going. And, you know, while I'll be at like Radio Days Europe and Pod Show London, and I'm very excited for that. I don't think those will have quite so the pull yet that podcast movement evolutions had for the industry. Yeah, I wish I could go to those um, events in Europe. May is such a busy time for events. I think so many things. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to be at Black Pod Fest and I'm going to be at Outlier Podcast yep. Festival and I'm going to be everywhere. I love it. I love that we're back and, and we're doing the thing, but there's so much going on. I wanted to talk about how I got started in the podcast space it has a lot to do with podcast movement. Really? I love podcast movement. I think it is the best. Yeah. I have such a good time there. It feels like summer camp to me. I talk about this all the time. I'm passing people in the hall and I'm like, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I have such a good time there. In 2017, I just had just started Earbuds and I emailed Dan and Jared because I found out that there was going to be this event in Anaheim and I was living in LA at the time. And I was like, Anaheim podcasts? Huh, maybe I could go. So I emailed them and I was like, any chance you would let me go for free in exchange for running ads in my newsletter? And they were like, absolutely, no hesitation. And I went there and I was like walking around with my backpack and I just went to every single table and met as many people as possible, got all the swag that I possibly could and made friends and used the connections that I made there to propel me in the podcast space. And I owe a lot of my podcast career success to podcast movement and Dan and Jared in particular. And I'm always just grateful to be back, whether it's in LA or somewhere else in the country. And I love that they let us go to different places in the country. I've seen cities that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. So this episode is dedicated to podcast movement. We have a few things we want to discuss about this particular event, podcast movement evolutions. I really want to highlight Evo Terra's Hall of Fame acceptance speech. I also want to talk about it being the first in-person podcast conference in a while. I know there was Nashville, but that was less attended than this one. It seems um, I want to talk about the layout of the event and how that affected the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about um, the YouTube lack of announcement. I want to and then later the announcement. I want to talk about Brian's talks on stage, my talks on stage, other talks that were impactful. And Anything else you want to add to that agenda? No. So buckle in for a three hour long conversation on this episode of Sounds <laughs> Profitable. No, we'll we'll keep it brief on that, but I, we'll we'll move through it. I, there are, there's so much fun stuff. I still am vibrating with energy from it, right? Like, I, I like I was exhausted yeah. after. The I'm event. still catching up. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I don't know if I'll catch up until the summer, but like it was. No. It, like, like let's like go right into the vibe. It felt like a high school reunion, right? Summer yeah. camp, high school. I, yeah. There were even people that I had not had the best relationship with, and I think part of it's because we mostly talked through text online. Um, Internet. Who I had amazing conversations with we just grab five minutes we catch up we clarified we just need to see each other in person it may even video doesn't 
solve all those problems because it's no. still a presentation. It was clear there. I mean, you know, Apple was a little bit distant in the fact that they had like, you know, their own setup at another hotel, but anybody who reached out to them, they made time for, but they weren't roaming the floors of the conference necessarily. Spotify did something similar on the second floor, but Spotify, I felt were a little bit more reserved. And I, and I think that the big takeaway I had was it felt on my end, like a culture shock to chartable pod sites and Wooshka to come to an event like this after being out of uh, in-person mm-hmm. events for a while and go from being the independent companies that they were to being Spotify. I think a lot of dynamics change for them. Um, and all of those people are smart, brilliant, amazing people you should get to know. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't think we need to like dislike Spotify. I think Spotify, there's a lot of great aspects of Spotify and we need to respect that, you know? With the with the layout, like me and you were at Hot Pod as well. And the hard part about Hot Pod was it had like one very, very small room outside of the conference room. And that's it. And I think like 20 people could maybe be there, but you'd be in each other's conversation. This place was so big that you could talk in the hallways. You could talk in the awesome bar, coffee shop, restaurant downstairs. I mean, like, like I said, Spotify had their own suite. People set up camp there. Yeah, you really did. I mean, I wish I got to go to more panels, but there were definitely times where I found a seat in that coffee shop area and I was just like, next. Okay, cool. Come on. Let's let's keep these conversations going. (laughs) Yeah, you're holding court, letting the people visit you. (laughs) Yeah, it was nice, too, because there was there was room to walk around outside and there were a lot of people outside and we were probably the biggest event there while we were there. There were other conferences. There were weddings even at the hotel at the time. But I think that there wasn't a ton to like go explore that wouldn't have taken like a 10 minute walk or a cab ride or something. So I think a lot of people stayed right there. And that was really awesome. I am worried about that for Vegas next year, because I, you know, we're Mm. going to be a tiny little piece of what's going on in Vegas. And how do you justify staying in that exact hotel? And why would you, unless there was a panel, not just be wandering around or doing something else? But I think me and you really need to accomplish one thing when it's in Vegas is that we need to work with Blue Wire and do live recordings at their studio. People need it. The people need it. There was definitely usually Buzzsprout sets up a mobile recording booth at Podcast Movement so that people can sign up for slot for people can sign up for slots to record their podcast or do a live version of their podcast or whatever it is. But because it was Podcast Movement Evolutions, people don't usually do as intricate setups for their booths. So there was no there was no booth at Podcast Movement Evolution. The, people, and need the people needed to record. Brian and I, we planned to record, but we weren't able to record. So Blue Wire, hello. This is my plea to you. Um, let, let's uh, let's let's link up <laughs> at Podcast Movement Evolutions in Las Vegas, 2023. The Ambies took place at the the night yeah. before Podcast Movement started. Maybe two nights before Podcast Movement started. That was interesting. I attended live. It was. The energy was great there. It was short. The event was an hour and a half. It was really well produced, being live, being there. It moved quickly. The one thing that I wished I saw more of was a little transparency for who was accepting the awards. I think that that's something that could definitely be improved is there were people coming up to accept awards and we didn't know their names. We didn't know how they were associated with the show. We got to credit people, and I want to know who it was that was accepting that award. Sometimes it was people who work on the show tangentially, and I, I just wish I knew what they did for the show. I could deal with another half hour of the Ambies. 
That's that's my plea to the Ambies. I want it to be longer. I loved it. It's my favorite TV show. It's my Super Bowl. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the Ambies? You watched it live stream, right? I watched I watched some of it. I'm not an award show guy. It's never been my thing. But for podcasting, it has always been more interesting. I think it's exciting for us to celebrate, you know, and I, I think the Ambies. Yeah, I, I would love to see them go more all out for it. I think they did a really good job this year. Um, but, you know, we also need to celebrate it in podcast form. Right. We need to we need to evaluate like how do we do mixed media in a way that it's a it's valuable for the people there, but a podcast afterwards. How do you do cool technology integrations like like the podcast upfronts that we do, right? And where we make a separate feed right. and and we put in the episodes in there so that you can really learn from it. That would be awesome. But you know, you hit on a point there. I took a picture. I went when we were at Hot Pot, I took a picture of myself with the hosts of What a Day from Crooked Media and sent it to my wife because it's her favorite podcast. I was like, look who I met. Gideon? Yeah, Gideon and Priyanka. And she's just like, who are they? Wow. And I was like, oh, that's super <laughs> valid. You listen to them all the time. She's like, yeah, why would you know? <laughs> she said, why didn't you just record them saying hi? And so right. I like I spent the whole time at Podcast Movement trying to find Guy Raz to say something to my kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we have a hard part there. We're an audio medium. I think we could learn a lot from radio there. I'm sure that the people in radio have been through this headache of being like, well, who was that? That wasn't the host mm. that I voted for. Or, But yeah, I, I like it. I think I was down on the Podcast Academy. And, and I don't think it's necessarily for me, but I think that it can get to what we need. I think it can be for you. Yeah. Well, let's give it another shot then. I, I'll yeah. join back in this year. But they, Hell yeah. I think that it bums me out to hear about all these new awards and everything popping mm -hmm. up and saying, we're going to celebrate podcasting and presenting it like it's a new, unique idea. The fragmentation's not fun. I understand that somebody wants to win and be the center of it, but I think it's time to like partner and empower people instead of just constantly competing consolidate yeah yeah it's not a bad thing. i agree completely with that i think so so many people have disparate or similar ideas that would be stronger if they were if if they just met up and, and got rid of the ego and said let's do this together and and make sure that this is the best opportunity for the most people involved 100 percent. all right brian let's get to evo terra tell me about evo terra's hall of fame acceptance speech you brought him on stage when you brought him on stage, what was your what was your speech about? What was your uh, introduction about? Yeah, I I think it's really important to highlight that the reason why you, any of you are listening to this podcast is in part to Evo Terra. I was a backroom product manager, right? Everything that I'm yelling about in Sounds Profitable, and hopefully not yelling, like providing actionable insight and ways to improve the space or ways to action on this stuff. That was all like on deaf ears. I was saying that internally at companies that didn't find the financial value and backing that, that it was too disruptive, that it wasn't easy for multiple companies to rally around because I was at one specific company and I didn't really know many people. I went to Podcast Movement Evolutions my first time two years ago, the last time it was live. And I knew some of my clients, but I didn't really know the industry like I do now. And Evo is the person who really pushed me to say, yeah, let's do this newsletter. Let's write about this. You have a good opinion to share. And my writing has improved because of it. my ability to be a podcast host has been improved. My mindset on how to build Sounds Profitable has improved. And Evo has, without title until very recently, been running all media for Sounds Profitable. And I want to make that really clear. Like, it's official. Evo, as we're starting to expand Sounds Profitable and formally set up a lot of it, Evo is the head of operations, the, the COO for the media side. 
of Sounds Properable. So he's the reason all of these podcasts get out there, the newsletters get out there, you know, that this we have the social assets we need. It, and it really means a lot. And so I he asked me to induct him, which was really cool. I got to talk through a little bit about our background and then his background. And he's been in the space forever. And I only got to catch about half of the acceptance speeches, but it was it was amazing because Evo had seven minutes to talk. I think he talked for 10, which is very Evo. <laughs> but but almost half of it, he didn't talk about himself. A lot of the other people, you know, you're accepting an award. Like, you should be gracious for that. You should be able to talk about your accomplishments. I think there's very few times where people can do that. But Evo used so much of that time to really talk about the space. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. I always think Evo is incredibly well-spoken. If you listen to his podcast, it's just an incredible lesson in how to train your voice for the audio medium. He even says his name in a fun way. He says, I'm Evo Terra. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just an incredible, incredible orator. He's great. And so that translated really well to the stage. I listened to his episode of Podcast Pontifications where he played the acceptance speech from the Libsyn YouTube channel. I was not able to catch it live, but I, I really appreciated that he dedicated his time to, first of all, yes, giving us context about his history. He referenced podcasting for dummies that he wrote many moons ago. He really gave us context as to why he's here today and what he intends to do with the privilege, with the power that he has as a white person in the space. And one of the things that he brought up that I really liked was that he said a few years ago, somebody came up to him and said, Evo, you can get away with whatever you want because you're Evo. And he said that he loved it at the time. He thought it was funny. And now he's like, no, that's not a good thing. I don't want to get away with things. I, I should be called out on things when I do things poorly or don't show up in the way that I should. And so now he is calling himself on that. He's calling other people out on things like that. And I thought it was incredibly inspirational. And I'm glad to be on the team with Evo and to, and to know him. <laughs> Same with me. And it, it really embodies a lot of the goals that we have which sounds probable going forward. I mean, I think that Evo has a long history of being the front man of a lot of the things that he's done. And so for him to come into this and kind of be the like the backbone of it has been amazing. And it's really taught me and given me confidence to step back. I mean, look at the original logos and everything. Sounds profitable with Brian Barletta. I think as we grow, it doesn't need to be Brian Barletta. Like I, I'm excited to continue being a part of all these things. I'm not going to withdraw or anything like that, but as we grow, I don't need to be the face of everything. And I think we have a real opportunity to highlight amazing people in the space that are in back rooms that aren't being talked about in the general space because you, they're specifically at one company or they have really strong opinions that might not resonate with everybody, but should resonate with the sounds profitable audience. And I've learned so much from him, and I'm really excited that he spent so much time in his acceptance speech talking about that because it really reinforces like why we work together and what we're planning to grow. And we have some amazing announcements coming later this summer that really push that because I think that as Sounds Profitable grows, there are awesome opportunities for us, like the download, right? We built that because we find it valuable. Manuela said, I want to do this in Spanish. So we got Gabe Soto of Edison Research to co-host it with her, and they're doing it in native Spanish. It's released at the same time. We don't have a sponsor for that. We're, we're going to at some point. I'm very excited about that. But things like that need to happen. 
and the the right way to do it is do it because it needs to happen figure out how to make it sustainable later and i think that's a big mission it sounds profitable as it grows me and evo will be less and less of faces of it and that's exciting completely agree let's talk about youtube at podcast movement there was a session with the new head of podcasts at youtube kai chuck you know, the room was packed because in theory, there was going to be an announcement. We've been hearing for a long time that YouTube can be a great place for podcasters to grow. And we wanted that to kind of be solidified with some sort of announcement from YouTube, from Kai Chuck at this event, standing room only. Nothing was said. Were you there, Brian? Were you at this event? No, but I saw all the pictures. I was in another meeting and I it was, was nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of people there. And I needed the information of what was happening in YouTube because later that yeah. day I was presenting an introduction about YouTube. So it made it really easy that there was pretty much nothing, right? Yeah. Like what was the <laughs> what was the announcement from your point of view? Well, there was not really an announcement there. They said there's gonna be something coming. I walked into the room but was wearing a white shirt and was holding coffee. And there were people very close to me. And I was like, I cannot be here because I'm presenting later and I cannot have a coffee stain on my shirt. So I I left and then I, I was asking people, I was like, okay, what did I miss? What was said? And they were like, not much. And I was like, great, love that. But then a few days later, James Cridland reports via pod news that there are going to be some changes coming from YouTube for podcasters, such as potential ingestion of the RSS feed via YouTube, and youtube.com slash podcast is going to be a thing. And I, I think that's really all we've got for now. But there's a lot of pontificating as to what these things mean for podcasters. And a lot of people are thinking about, do I need to have a YouTube strategy? Is it going to be clips for me? Or is my entire episode going to go up on YouTube? Do I have to prioritize my video production now? So lots of questions are being thrown out there. And one resource that I will point people to is refonic.com. They have a great blog, very data-driven. They put out a blog post on YouTube and what it means for podcasts. So we're going to put that in the show notes and definitely recommend checking that out. Yeah, the YouTube thing is very interesting. And I think that the most powerful part of it is that YouTube is trying to convince all of us appropriately that podcasters is a subset of content creators. I think we get so focused on that word and that word's so powerful that people on YouTube will call a YouTube only chat show between one or more people or two or more people rather a podcast because podcasting has such a cool draw to it. But this is an opportunity to explore video. I think YouTube, from what I've read that James has released, is really coming at it as a way that podcasters can still centrally own and distribute like their content on a hosting platform and everything will be additive. I think they'll give you plenty of reasons to log directly into YouTube. I hope that they provide enough information with user agents and, and firing of downloads and other metrics that in your hosting platform, you go from seeing YouTube not listed there to being 25%. I think that that's really powerful. So I encourage everyone who can explore other mediums, video, social media, everything else, to do that because podcasting is one piece of it. And we tend to think of it too narrowly, but the people who are winning podcasting is more than just for them. It's more than just one piece, right? Rooster Teeth has a great video aspect to it. They have a great streaming aspect to it. Mailing lists are very popular on all of this, right? If the only thing you're doing in podcasting is putting out a audio only RSS feed, I think that eventually you will find it hard to compete and grow. And I think that this is a very healthy way of YouTube saying, hey, come be a creator and we're going to meet you where you are as much as we can, which says a lot. 
That's very exciting. It might be overwhelming to some creators to say, oh, no, I, I have to have a YouTube strategy now. I have to have a social strategy now. I have to have a newsletter. So what I would say is find out where your audience is. Find out if they are on social media. And if they're on social media, find out which social media platforms they're on. You don't need to be on everything. If they're on YouTube, find out if they prefer clips or if they prefer your your face up there for the whole 45 minutes of your episode. When in doubt, ask your audience what they want so that you're not overwhelming yourself and putting too much on your workload. I'll also say something to your point about the expansion of the word podcast, the expansion of the content creator. We talk about this all the time at Squadcast, that your podcast is just part of your overall show. You, your podcast, I'm going to use my beluga whale example that I always use. You're a podcaster. You talk about beluga whales, but you are also now an authority on beluga whales, right? So you're going to want to be in other places so that wherever a potential consumer of your content is, they can find you and that can be the lead in to their experience with you as the expert or the authority on beluga whales, right? So if they come to you from social media, your social media should stand out in a way that pulls them into you and then eventually funnels them to your podcast if that's your main source that you want to point them to. So I'm a big fan of the fact that all of your content should stand on its own as content and not just point to the podcast. But that should be your call to action at the end. Hey, if you want to learn more, we have a podcast available and that's where we really go in depth on this. I agree. And I think that it sounds overwhelming and it doesn't have to be for everybody. I think that we need to draw bigger lines mm-hmm. in the sand between podcasting is a fun thing that I do. And if success happens, fantastic. And podcasting is a business. You invest in a business. Sometimes that means you have to take some time off from whatever you're doing to invest and learn a new skill. Sometimes you have to hire somebody. And there are tools out there that will make audio to video very easy. Adori Labs has one. Headliner has one. All of these great tools out there that can just immediately take it, add some images on there, get you started. But as you record on things like Squadcast, as you record and have video components too, try it out, right? I think that this is the time for people to experiment and figure that out exactly like you said, but you cannot create an account and complain that you don't get any followers. You can't mention it right. twice on your podcast. You, spend time. you have to cultivate it. Look what you've done with the Sounds Profitable Twitter account. We went from nothing to it's absolutely going to overtake my personal Twitter account soon. And, uh, you know, you're a paid contractor of Sounds Profitable because of that, right? Like, because we knew we needed to get this going. And that's really important, right? You have to invest in it. And then when you do, you see growth. Let me ask you a question on this because you challenged me one time. You said, I think sure. that the content in Sounds Profitable or the download could be valuable in TikTok. And I said, my wife will leave me if I start downloading TikTok. Uh, and it's true. I'm addicted <laughs> to my phone as it is. I do not need another reason to look at it. So you explored it. Well, we don't have a TikTok channel. So is it safe to say that your yeah. experiment proved that it wasn't worth us going there? I would say not quite. Okay. I would say I didn't put in as much as we need in order to make that ultimate decision. I did one or two TikToks. Feel free to check them out. I'm at Earbuds Podcasting. I did it from my business slash personal account, um, Earbuds Podcasting. And I essentially shared the data from Kayla Littman's first good data article. And I said why this is relevant to people. And there actually was a good reaction to it from the people that already follow me. You know, oh, this is so interesting. Uh, I didn't know this about statistics when it comes to podcasting and share of ear and things like that. It did not go viral 
because it was dense, right? But maybe it's something that goes mini viral within podcasting TikTok. It's something that I need to dedicate more time to. So I would not say the experiment is over. I would say that I've been overwhelmed with other things. <laughs> it's And that's valid. You pick channels that have success for us <laughs> exactly. and continue to grow them. And you've experimented and, and you haven't closed the books on it. And that's really what we're trying right. to tell people here. Like you need to make room to experiment. YouTube is trying to make this as easy as possible. And it'll be exciting to see how it works. It might not be for you. And that's okay. You're not going to get left behind. Podcasting is going to change. The definition is too broad. We're going to see it expand and contract over the next year or two. And what that means is you need to figure out what podcasting is to you, your only form of content, your primary form of content, or one of many forms of content for you. There's no wrong answer. Let's talk about Brian on stage. So you were part of two panels. Yes. Tell me about them. Steve Goldstein of Amplify Media invited me on for like a future of podcasting or like looking forward panel. And that was very, very fun. It really explored some of the concepts that are happening today and thinking about how they're going to affect the growth in the future, the hot button topics like subscription or Spotify buying pod sites and chartable. It was very exciting. I was up there with a lot of people that I very much respect and we got to really dig into stuff. We only had 45 minutes and I think we, we made some really good time on that. And then the second one was Adori labs, which is a sponsor of sounds profitable. I've had a chance to do a deep dive for their product twice. The newest one is actually going to launch next week. So everybody make sure to check that out. Ian did an awesome job editing it and very proud of it. And the Dory Labs team loves it. And I got to kind of set up their presentation because they're talking about a tool that takes your RSS feed and immediately puts that podcast into a YouTubeable format, right? Easily to add images and chapters and all of these things and export it immediately to your YouTube account. and. It was really exciting to to be able to go up there and just talk a little bit about why YouTube is exciting to me and pass the mic and you know experience a really good presentation on a on a specific product. And what about you? You're up on stage uh, for your presentation, right? What was the topic and and how was the room? Oh yeah, great question. How was the room? Wow. Uh, it was great. I spoke about <laughs> I spoke about social media and what not to do, and the room was packed. I was honored and nervous. And um, I talked about being sweaty on stage. And hopefully that endeared me to my crowd a little bit. But it was really great. Um, I love speaking. So please bring me to your conferences to speak about whatever I am very down. And I try to be as dynamic as possible to really give people takeaways. And I think it was successful. People came up to me afterwards and said that they learned a lot. And um, of course, I use my beluga whale example. And if you want the slides from it, I'm very happy to share um, what not to do on social media to grow your show. And then, of course, I had a slide for what actually to do on social media to grow your show to end it on a positive. So it was really fun. And I look forward to future speaking opportunities at Podcast Movement and beyond. I'm so impressed that you're a fan of being up there solo. I basically turned down everything where it's like, hey, Brian, can you come talk to the audience yourself for 30 minutes? I don't want to do that. I mean, this podcast is the, you know, this is a great example of it. Like I love having conversation and back and forth. I don't like just me yelling out into the space because I like to be challenged and I like to see other people's opinions and talk through ideas. Oh, I so, don't. Don't challenge me. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but it's, but it's great. I mean, you, 
what's great about a social media panel is that I got to see everybody in the podcast space who's big on social media recap a lot of what you were presenting, right? There were there were mm-hmm. some of the smartest and best people in podcast social media attending that and engaging with each other. Like if you have a chance to go back and look at quote unquote podcast Twitter during the week of podcast movement, there's a lot of really cool information passed back and forth. Oh my a lot gosh. Of additional stuff shared. Uh, and uh, there's so many cool people there. I really recommend coming out to one of these events. Yeah. A lot of people live tweeted my talk, which was cool to find out what I said afterwards. Cause I don't know about you. Sometimes when I get up on stage, I black out and then I'm like, I hope that what I said made any bit of sense. <laughs> But apparently it did. I, uh, so I was in plays and musicals in high school and middle school, and I cannot remember them. <laughs> I, I like I know I didn't mess them up, but I agree with you. I completely black out. That memory is not in my head anymore. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I think that me and you should probably do a talk or a live recording at the next podcast movement. I think it would be fun because I think we can pull more people up. That's a good point. And I was going to say that one thing that was different for me about this podcast movement from other podcast movements is that it was the first time that people came up to me and knew me from Sound Profitable, which was awesome. They knew my name. They heard me on this podcast. They saw me on social media. And they asked me about podcast ad tech, which is new for me. So I was grateful for that. And um, thanks, Brian, for bringing me into Sounds Profitable. I appreciate that. It's there. There are not many places where people get to talk about Sounds Profitable and and tell me they're a fan of it. Like I was actually on the elevator and someone I hadn't met before at Paramount was just like, I listened to every one of your podcasts. And it started off like my <laughs> Thursday morning and I was just like over the moon. Because this is this is a passion project, right? This is something that I think is really valuable to the space. But that doesn't always mean that everybody thinks it's valuable, right? We don't have the biggest impact, but we I think we get the right people with this content. So it's awesome to hear that feedback. A a very muscular, very sweaty man on Friday morning ran by <laughs> in the lobby and looked at me and said, I'm listening to you right now. And if you're listening to this, please. Oh, he was on email. a run. Yeah, he was oh, on yeah, a yeah. run. He wasn't just, just he wasn't just a sweaty, sweaty man. No. Uh, <laughs> but if you're listening to this, message me because I don't remember who you were, and I'd love to talk more. But I I think it's great. And and just so you know, there were just as many people who said, "Do you know Ariel? You two should really meet." And I was like, "Well, funny thing, we do a podcast together." So <laughs> it was that's hilarious. I, I think me and you had a really great opportunity to to interact with people that we needed to have some face time with, and and I saw you do the same thing that I did. I think we played matchmaker and connected as many people as possible because for us, collaboration in the space is how there is another bigger podcast movement. There is a bigger industry. There are more people working in the space as our peers or eventually like smarter than us running companies. That excites both of us, I think, to have a hand in in connecting everybody (laughs) so that they can all grow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is our podcast movement evolutions 2022 wrap up. Of course, there are stories that we did not get to. Of course, there are there are pieces from this event that we could not possibly have touched on because it would go on forever. But I think overall, great experience for me. Great experience for you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you had a presentation at podcast movement or part of a panel and you want to expand on it as a guest article, it sounds profitable. I absolutely want to talk to people who are really proud of what they put together and see what we can come up with. So let's collaborate, respond to us, shoot us a message on Twitter or email or however you'd like to get in touch with us. Because I think that there was some amazing content there and there was just too much opportunity to catch up with people to see everything. So, you know, let's highlight what we can. Yeah, get in touch. 
We want to hear from you. Please reach out if you have any questions or comments. We're on Twitter at SoundsProfNews, at Brian Barletta, or at Ari This and That. And if you want to send us an email, that's podcast at soundsprofitable.com. This show is recorded with Squadcast, the best place to record studio quality video and audio for content creators. I use Squadcast for all of my podcast recordings and my product deep dives, and it is by far my favorite product in my entire podcast solution. Please check out Squadcast at squadcast.fm for a free seven-day trial, and let me know what you think. Do you want more from Sounds Profitable? We have a few more podcasts that you can check out. First, we've got Sounds Profitable, the narrated articles, and then we also have The Download, our podcast about the business of podcasting. And of course, both of those are available in Espanol. Find links to them in the episode description. Thank you to Evo Terra and Ian Powell for their help on this episode.